it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Welcome in to another edition of SEC Football and Beyond for this Friday, May 14th. Um, Chris Landry, along with Neil McCready here. I hope that you are doing as well as we are. The weather is beautiful where Neil and I are. And Neil and I are, you know this by now, if you're a veteran listener. We're not at the same place. We're, we're quite a bit away. But I guess it's a southern thing. I hope the weather is good watching some... Um, Playoff football has, like, you know, a lot of these top teams, Neil, are um, <laughs> the, in the Northwest and South Dakota. It looked like winter football still last week. But good to be with you. Happy Friday to you, my friend. Happy Friday to you. Uh, beautiful weather here, as you mentioned. It's going to be a um, hopefully a, a nice weekend. Kind of a, I guess for us, it's um uh, Kind of the last quiet weekend for a little while. One week from today, Caroline graduates high school, so we'll be doing uh, we'll be doing graduation stuff next weekend. But this weekend's kind of quiet, so that's good. Awesome, awesome. Got a couple of relatives that are graduating. Well, this week, ironically, one was a, my niece's daughter. Yeah, I'm getting that old. Where the niece's daughters are graduating. Uh, this was junior high on Wednesday. I guess that was a Wednesday thing, and it's another one. Uh, today and I think there's some more tomorrow and next week. So we got a few things we're going to get into. I, I know people are still asking about Tim Tebow. Uh, Tim Tebow. The the Pac-12 has a new commissioner. We'll kind of maybe get into that. Some recruiting information. Look, we I want to remind you though over at LandryFootball.com if you want some of the minutia of the details in our notebook every day. We have a lot of things that deal with transfer portal information. Some of it is names you may be familiar with or not. So if I sit there and tell you that, you know, the Nebraska tight end, uh, Kurt Raffadal was transferring to Boise State, that's probably not a whole lot that you want to hear about. Uh, UCLA gets a really nice commitment yesterday. Those are things you can read about if you're a fan uh, outside of just our footprint or you want to get into the minutia on college football, the NFL. We've got that in our notebooks. Neil, I'm starting on... I'm working my way into it. We'll get through all the teams, but I'm working. I've got uh, an early look at some of well, the draft prospects by conference, the early 2020 draft board, which is early because this season is going to determine it. But then I'm also breaking out by position around the country, some of the top returning players by position. So a lot of stuff there that uh, we're really proud of. And, oh, people will say, Neil, and you know this, there's, well, what are you going to do now that the draft is over? Oh, Hopefully get everything done before they kick off the season in the fall. That's previewing all the rosters in the NFL, in college football, breaking it things down every which way to Sunday. So a lot going on there. Um, I'm always amazed at your football energy. And I mean that as a compliment. I'm always amazed by your you, – you have a uh, – you're like the kid who never gets – you stay hungry as it pertains to football. It's uh, it's like living with a fourteen-year-old boy. Uh, as, as, it, as it pertains to, I've been told that. I've been told that too. Well, I mean, as it, as it pertains to ex-girlfriends, yeah, that's exactly what I've been told. Man, this is this is bringing back flashbacks. I'm going to step away while Neil finishes his comment because I'm going to have flashbacks. Go ahead. Carson eats dinner at seven o'clock, and you think there's no way, there's zero chance that he's going to eat another bite before. The night's over. <laughs> Eight o'clock. He's right in the fridge. I'm putting you the refrigerator door open. And you're like, how in the hell? But anyway, so you're kind of that way with football. I think you know he's going to take a couple of weeks to just kind of detox from football, and then nope, I'm wrong. No, look, it took a you know we we talked we we mentioned a little bit, and I've talked about it on other podcasts, and I you know don't want to. I really appreciate everybody's sentiment. Last week was. Well, the worst week I probably had personally since my, my mom died, and it was you know uh, loss of a beloved cat. I, I know it's a pet. It's it's not a it's it, it's not a human life. I, I get that. It's it's just somebody that I, I raised and was my little baby for eighteen years, and that's the one thing that she was literally often when we did this show 
looking right there at me as if to say, who the hell are you talking to? <laughs> or sometimes would get up and say, I'm, I'm going to take my nap in the other part of the house. But anyway, uh, that last week, it, it takes something like that that really strikes me down emotionally. Um, I had on 2015, May 15th, it's the anniversary tomorrow, so it's 15, six years tomorrow that I had my open heart surgery where they put a mechanical valve in. So that, that laid me up for a, a couple of weeks. Other than that, I am excited about football all year round, but, but because of being involved in the process, as you know, it's the season, then it, I mean, you got recruiting that's concurrent, and then you've got the draft process, and then it's now, well, what do you do now? It's assessing all of that. And then kind of going through, okay, well, how are you going to use this guy? Is this guy going to start out a tackle? Is this, is that? All those things. And then in college, you know, right now, this, this goofy transfer portal stuff is made for unbelievable, newsworthy stuff that, all right, what's going to happen? Who's going to leave? Because semester ending, are we going to have more or not? Or what? And recruiting's all the way around. And so and it's now my thing is, how am I going to get everything done between now and the start of the football season so that I can break down as many teams as possible? And I'm breaking down spring practice tape. It's so beautiful outside. I will take the laptop maybe on the hammock, and maybe I'll do some of it there today. <laughs> or I'll, I'll, I do look forward to go mowing the yard or something, believe it or not, on a day like this just to get out. But it is because you don't have a season if you don't have these other things. And so, and then I, you know, listen, I certainly watch sports and enjoy sports and you know full disclosure I probably growing up I mean I was like any young boy I I went from football practice every day to basketball practice to baseball practice and then then it was the summer and we played summer baseball and I worked at a golf course you know worked at the golf course you know before dawn and then played around a golf and then went play baseball in the afternoon and like I you know yeah it, but a lot of the – I can't do stuff physically as much anymore as I used to, Neil. But the passion for it is because it always changes. And this year, this is the time of year that people say, oh, you can't wait to football season. No, 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 no. I can wait. Hold it off a little bit because I got work to do before we kick it off late August. So, yeah, I'm, I'm always fired up about it. Any big surprises from the NFL schedule that came out or is it a schedule to schedule? <laughs> you know, I said this. You got to love the NFL. How – what a, much of a marketing genius. Oh, they, so they, Wednesday. Chris, they're the king, man. They are. Yeah. So think about this. Let this sink in. Everybody knew who everybody was playing before Wednesday. Yeah. You knew you knew you're a Bears fan. You knew every one of their opponents. And not only you know the division, you know who they're playing. They, they milk the whole day. So they have a special at night. But they... I love the term leak. What is a leak when you spring a leak? I mean, is that? I guess it's a leak. It's a spring leak. So it's like it's. I was getting stuff. So it's like Fox and Friends had the Fox schedule broken at six a.m. Central, and then the what is it? Good Morning America on ABC was because that's the ESPN. Here's the Monday night games, and then and then the Eagles will have. They leaked it all did purposely to. It brings so many clicks, and so people are interesting, so people are just, they're just fast. And to me, it's, okay, yeah, that's fine. So, hey, Bears lines on Thanksgiving. I looked at that. I mentioned to you, I always used to look at Thursday games because of preparation. But I, I'm i not like, oh, can't believe the Bucks are playing the Cowboys in the opening game instead of the, my, who cares? They're going to play somebody, and it's going to happen. You know, I'm not as into it. It's fascinating to me how, and it's it's a credit to them on on a week where the NBA is in the final week of the regular season, and the NBA has tried to make it more interesting by having this play-in format, where if you're the seven through ten seeds in the Eastern Conference or the Western Conference, you have to get into a, a essentially a play-in tournament to to lock up the seventh and eighth playoff seeds in the uh, in the tournament. So you have that going on. You have Major League Baseball in its second month of the season, so very much into the season. And the dominant sports story is the NFL releasing its schedule. <laughs> it's, and, it's amazing. Well, it's it's to me it's, it speaks um, 
They're still talking about it today. Yeah. Hey, let's look at the Packers schedule. Let's yeah. say, I mean, it's, it's like, oh, do you know, Neil, that the first six Bucks games are against teams that weren't against playoff teams? It's Friday. They're still talking about it. Hey, God love them. But well, it's, it's like it's, it's well, it's, no bleeping joke. The sun came up. We kind of knew that. It's, <laughs> it's it speaks volumes to the power of the yes. NFL. It speaks yeah. volumes to the power of fantasy football. It speaks uh, volumes to the power of, of uh Sunday ticket of red zone of all the things that make the NFL popular that, that and, and the NFL to its everlasting credit, whether no matter what side of the political aisle you're on, the NFL has of, of all the leagues has been the one that's been like, Hey, we're not, we're just not going to do all that stuff. I mean, we're going, we're going we're gonna to let you, we're going to let you touch it. We realize we can't just eradicate it, but we're going to focus on the football and, and they, they got something every month. Drew? Every month they've got a focus point for our league. But you know, it's 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 an amazing thing it, it, during during the pandemic. And I'm a guy that, if I'm honest, pre-pandemic, I would have told you that of, of the three pro- major professional sports, because I never really grew up with an NFL team. I mean, I do the Bears thing as kind of a joke, and it's something I'm you know I'm kind of become a Bears fan or whatever. But I mean, I grew up genuinely a massive Cubs fan. And I've so just, is that is that would bled over to the Bears quickly? Yeah, probably. Uh, you know, I've been to Chicago a bunch, and I've run the marathon there a couple of times, and st- stuff like that. So I, I know the city pretty well. I, I love uh, I love Chicago, um, but you know, but I, and I've always loved the NBA. I grew up as a kid in the '80s with with Bird and and Magic, and you remember how big that rivalry was. I mean, I was oh. I was Carson's age, and I tell Carson all the time. You know, when I was. When I was his age, he's 14. When I was his age, the Lakers and Celtics rivalry transcended sports. Yes, it did. It was big. It was, it was, hey, let's just for me too. Yeah, let's keep it real here. It was white black. It was uh it was two different kinds of styles. Boston, LA, the premier, yeah, you know, teams and yeah. All of my friends cheered for the Celtics, and I was a huge Lakers fan. My uncle uh, Alton had uh, Mavericks season tickets, and I grew up in Ruston. You, Chris, being a Louisiana boy, you understand the geography here. Dallas was not far from from my house, right? And so we we would go to Reunion Arena and go see the Mavericks. And I got to see the Mavericks play the Lakers a handful of times. And I'm watching Magic Johnson in his prime, and er, and uh, and the Mavs were good too. With Mavs you know, I mean, they were really good. Blackman and, and yeah. you know, I mean that. They yeah. they were they 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 took them before the Mark Cuban guy you know really came in they, they took them to the hill a couple of times yeah, yeah I actually good. saw the two, I actually saw the Mavericks and Lakers play in the Western Conference Finals a couple of games um, it, it was it was awesome and, and but but you know James Worthy and Kareem Abdul Jabbar and Byron Scott and Kurt Rambis and and and, and all of those Michael Cooper I mean I loved the Lakers so my point is is but in the in the pandemic. NBA has been hard to watch because it doesn't look the same. It doesn't feel the same. It doesn't sound the same. Major League Baseball, for me, watching the Cubs at Wrigley has been kind of weird because they've either had no fans or 15% or whatever it was fans. They upped it to 60% yesterday, starting with the next home stance. It'll start to look and sound a little more normal, but it didn't look and sound normal. But I'll be damned, man. I could turn on a Buffalo Bills game in an empty Orchard Park, New York, whatever the – I can't think of the name of the stadium. It doesn't really matter. I could watch Bills Patriots in an empty stadium, and because of the way that the NFL shot it from a camera standpoint and because of the way that the announcers talked about it, Chris, it would feel like a normal NFL game. I watched more NFL last year than I've watched in ages. <laughs> and and so I – but I give credit to the league. They, they always know how to stay in the forefront – their ability from a news cycle standpoint to keep the draft at the forefront of the of the mm-hmm. of the American sports conversation for three months is is remarkable. And then the season rolls around and they've added the game. And now you've got you've got 17 weeks of 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 NFL NFL and you've got uh there's there's a there's a at least a perception of parity in the league. They uh they they just it's 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 really remarkable that frankly and they play the least amount of games 
I'm a little surprised that some of the other leagues don't pay more attention to how the NFL markets itself because it's genius. Well, when I grew up, folks, the NFL draft didn't always used to be in April. It, 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 at one point, it was in January, February. You'd have the senior bowl, and you'd have the draft two weeks later. There was a true offseason. Okay, and, and again, this was pre-social media, and, and, and you, you, you'd find stuff in your newspaper because your local news would cover national news. You didn't have Ole Miss baseball on the on the news. You had, you know, what the what the Lakers were because you, you could not find out what happened to the game until you read it in the paper the next day, and that's how you did it. Now it's the opposite. You don't do national news because nobody goes to the local news channels to get the national news. They want to know about Ole Miss baseball. They want to know if the gymnastics, whatever. Football literally had an offseason. So you didn't have social media. There was, you didn't have free agency. You had occasional trades, so it was debt. And so uh, you went into seasons. You had basketball. You picked up basketball. I grew up before cable. You went, you watched, you had three networks. And you went from when the football was over, you had NBA on, NBA used to be in the old days on ABC, Guys like Keith Jackson used to do, did like the finals in 72 and 78. Then it went to CBS yeah. until it went to NBC. And, Brent and you know, the final Brent Musburger, yeah, screaming Brent Musburger. And I can tell you the games. I used to watch the Friday night games on tape delay in the playoffs. That was like the thing to do. Take a nap so I can be at 1 o'clock to watch and see, you know, a, 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 a West the Western Conference game, or an Eastern Conference game that was taped late. Yes, that's how it happened. And I didn't watch the local news, and you didn't have any chance of knowing what it is, so I watched it as if it was live. And so you had that. Baseball used to be the the, the sport that had the most off-season news because they had free agency first, and Catfish Hunter's going to the Yankees. I mean, you know, Reggie Jackson's going, hey, wow, the A's are now going to, that was big news. So they, they had it. Everything's changed, and the NFL owns the offseason. They play the least amount of games, but when the games are over, it's got. And so, the, you know, you got the combine, you got the draft, you got free agency, which is huge, and now you'll, you'll, you'll have a lot of the talk. So, the talking head shows, I call it, that talk about the, not just the games. I, I, when I did Fox Radio nationally for years and, and co hosting Neil, God, the NBA guys would just fume at the fact that the NFL draft ratings on the would outdraw would just obliterate an NBA playoff game. They just could not understand it. And and, and to me, so it, it, it just it was amazing. To to me, as a, I, when when Bird and Magic and the Celtics would with that great Celtics team, because I grew up a Celtics fan, because they were on CBS. Most more than anybody growing up when Bird was at, during that time I probably watched the NBA as much as I I mean I like the NBA as much as anything one of my best friends was a guy named Joe Mendez who was the uh, personnel guy with the Patriots and he was we talk over and over again um, and we never talk football. We talk about the Celtics and, you know, what's, what's happening with McHale? Is, is the foot bothering him? I mean, Perry, Perry, is Parrish going to be strong? In the, I mean, it was big. And, and I, I just attributed to the fact that life happens and my work in football is 12 months a year. They, look, if I, if I won the lottery, I don't know what I would do. If I was just going to be just a fan and I didn't do football work, I'd probably spend more time watching baseball and basketball. I have the stuff on. I keep up with it. But literally, I got work to do today on football. I got a website. I got people care about it. So I feed that as much as anybody. So I'm as much to blame as anybody for that. Hey, we got some questions here that are actually yeah, we do. pretty good. Uh, Jay Stubbins, we'll start with his. He was, he was in line first. He says, uh, why is Mac Jones considered a better pro prospect than Kyle Trask when they seem like they're the same quarterback? Jones had a super team. And Trask did more with the suspect running game and offensive line. You can answer that much better than I can. So go for it. Yeah, they're not the same quarterback at all. Um, you know, the fact that they're more—they're both kind of pocket guys. Yes, um, neither has a gun for an arm. Um, both are adequate. Mac processes a lot better. 
Uh, and again, you know that by spending time with him. Kyle's fine. I, I think he has a chance to. We'll see if he can develop. But Mac is uh, Mac is more accurate throwing it to spot. So when you talk about things, and it's look, it's a it's a valid point you make. But what you're talking about is this guy did more for his team, and um, and, and he meant more to his team because the other guy had more players around him. That's that's that is true. That's not the thing that translates. It's the skill sets and the tangibles and intangibles, and Mac has that a lot more than than Kyle does. And, and the way you know that is you spend time with him, you, you get feel for it. Mac is a lot quicker processing, quicker seeing it, getting rid of the ball a lot quicker uh, of the two. Now, with that said, uh, there is something to the effect we've talked about it. Kyle's in a better situation. Well, I mean, Mac is in a great situation with the Patriots. Let me let me retract that statement. Yeah. Kyle is in a situation with the Bucks that's very good. That may I'm not gonna sit here and tell you how long Tom Brady has left, but whatever that is, twenty you know, years. Kyle, Kyle's in a good situation. So, no, they're they're not the same. I mean, I, I could see how they would look the same, you know, watching it as a fan, but they're quite a bit different when you peel back the onion of the player. Um, but, but yeah, in terms of uh, comparing these two guys to Justin Fields, who are quite a bit different athletically, yeah, I, I get that. Again, that's more they're, – they're more similar in pocket styles, but that doesn't mean that they're the same. They're quite a bit different. All right, Jeffrey Parrott, you're going to have to fill me in on what you said on your podcast, Chris, because you do a lot of podcasts. You have a ton of information on uh, at LandryFootball.com, so you'll have, to, you'll have to fill me in here before I can give – Uh, But he says, Jeffrey says, Chris brought up a good point yesterday on his podcast. If the group of five had their own playoff, would college football be better? I assume that's what he means by G5. Yeah. Yeah. So this was the genesis of the conversation about NLI and transfer portals, how it's going to affect college football. Is the rich going to get richer? And I talked a lot about it. So the the Alabamas of the world, and I use them because they're the, the the poster boy for you know the the best program in college. Sure. Hey, guys that are leaving that program, with rare exception, they're leaving because Alabama is okay with them leaving. They're not they're not the best players. The players that are leaving is because they can't find their way on the field. So Alabama, it's a benefit to them. They get the scholarship back to go and get a younger version of that guy that might be able to help them down the road. Uh, they have more financial resources, the NL, the NIL. Um, they're going to be able, as I've said before here, is they're going to be able to put things in place to where all their guys are going to get quote-unquote sponsorship are taken care of. So if it the, the, the rich get richer, I was asked a question, is it going to mean a separation of group of five and power five? And I don't know that answer, but... It's, it's certainly going to get greater separation in terms of the quality. I mean, college football is chalky anyway. I mean, you, you only got – it's stretching it to say you got six teams capable of winning the national championship next year. Really. And it's really more of six that can make the playoffs. So it's going to get more and more of that. But the, the point I said, so what do you do if you're the, you're the, the, the G5 scoops? Do you have your – because everyone – a lot of people have said, have your own little division – and you have your playoffs. Well, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see uh, a Louisiana Monroe, uh, a Louisiana Lafayette, a, 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 you know, Coastal Care, have their chance to have their Final Four or Final Eight, their bowl games where they can play for something more than, you know, disrespect, go play to the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl against, you know, another team. Don't you go after that RNL Carriers. Yeah, you know, it's just, and it's like, you know, give them more. Yeah. Okay, but. My question is, and it was a question, it wasn't a statement of, of fact, because I don't know the answer to this. And this is where I think he wants your view, and I, I don't know, maybe if need time to think about it, but if you had that, I said, how much would a group of five, there are a lot of networks that need TV programming. So they, there's no doubt these games would end on TV, and, and maybe the playoffs would do well in, in, if they find their own slot and all, but... Are they going to get – I mean, they're not going to get big-time college football money on a TV contract. They're not getting $30 million a year per school from an SEC network. So the money is one thing, but they may 
I don't know that they, as well as the FCS schools, can afford to lose the opportunity to play Auburn in Jordan and get the check because that that supports a lot of that. So that this was all a process of the complexities of college athletics, and I tried to compare to some of the complexities we had in the NFL with free agency and how we did it and all that, but. It's an apples to apples. College football, college athletics is so much different because so many sports don't make money. And I don't know. You know the G5 schools don't pack it in like they do at the Power 5 schools. Conference USA doesn't draw the same as, as the SEC. And, and nor are they going to get the TV money. So would they survive? Would they thrive? Would they find their niche? Uh, would they make not as much money, but would they make more money than they do now? Less money? I don't know. I threw it out there. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, and you're right. My feeble brain would need some time to really sort of sort through the thoughts here. The, what, what comes to mind is that if they just separated completely, I think they would lose too much money to survive. Um, if they were able to do some sort of a hybrid, though, where yep. they were able to, you know, let's take uh, UAB for whatever reason UAB comes to mind. Uh, if, if UAB were still able to go get a couple of pay games, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where you go to Tennessee and get paid $1.8 million or whatever to play, and maybe you go to Nebraska and you get another $1.8 million to play. But then when it comes playoff time, if you did a group of five playoffs where you take the top 16 teams from the group of five and have a playoff, look, we're football crazy in our country. I mean, you know, we, the reason that they have a maxion game on Tuesday night is because people watch it. I mean, if nobody watched it, they'd stop playing it. Um, the reason that we have the R&L Carriers Bowl is because ESPN wants programming. That, Correct. That's why that game's played. It's it's obviously not because it's a it, it's not shaking the New Orleans economy to its core. It's it's uh it's it's ESPN wants programming. So would ESPN want a Cincinnati UAB group of five quarterfinal, hell yeah. And would people watch it? Yeah, because they'd bet on it. Um, if you could do that, where you could still have your buy games and then have that playoff, yeah, that might be something that they'd look into. I, you know, because it, it's, but here's where I'm contradicting myself as I, as I just kind of think through this and, and have this internal debate, which is the story of my life. Um, would that mean that they lost that those bowl games? Would that mean that, you know, like last year, Cincinnati, I think, went to the Peach Bowl and and you know Wait, what was Georgia, that, yeah. uh, what was that just pure money? What was that worth to Cincinnati? What was that worth to the American Athletics Conference? Could 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 that be replaced? I I don't know. It's 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 interesting. I do think, and we've not really we've been doing this for a year now. We've not really talked about this much. I do think it is not inevitable, but likely that the Power Five break away and form their own league eventually and just mm-hmm. play Power Five games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people will say, oh, that's going to minimize the regular season. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that it really can. I don't really know that it matters. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's all about to be, especially now that we have uh, name, image, like, likeness legislation that's coming into play. This summer, like in Mississippi, it goes into effect on July the 1st. Um, I think it does in Arkansas, too, because I saw where both Ole Miss and Arkansas put out videos yesterday about NIL. Um, once that happens, Chris, it, it, we're officially, it's all about money. And so and, and yeah. once that happens, I mean, it just, to me, it makes more sense that we move more in that direction, but Man, I don't know. I don't know how long that takes. I don't know how long the I don't know how hard the NCAA fights against something like that. Um, you know, I can tell you that if that if you talk to people in athletics programs around the country, and and you have, and I have too, they'll tell you that the concern is, hey, we've got to make sure that we figure out ways to keep people in the seats that we know. That for a lot of people, let's use Ole Miss as an example. For a lot of people, like your 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 couple in Madison, Mississippi, it's a little easier, frankly, 
to say, hey, you know what? I, I know it'd be fun to go to Oxford and tailgate in the Grove and see Uncle Bobby and, and, and our, our friends. But you know what? It's going to be 92 degrees and little Johnny's got a soccer game and little Jenny's got a dance recital. And boy, we just bought that new 82-inch screen that is fine. And we could light up the big green egg and we could put some steaks on there and the line to the bathroom won't be. And watch other games. And watch other games. And if our game's not good or if it doesn't go, if you know, let's say it's Ole Miss playing Auburn. And boy, if Auburn's up 28 to 7, the end of the third quarter, we, we, we don't have to get in the car and, and glare down, you know, listen to everybody in a bad mood for two hours home. We can just turn it off and. And, and or whatever, so you've you've got to figure out ways to get people to the stadiums. And I don't know down the road that are Ole Miss fans going to six years from now when all when technology continues to move along, are they really going to show up for that Georgia Southern game? I don't know. Would they show up if it were Ohio State? Yes. So it, it's that's right. No, that that's the changes. That's the thing that you got to look at. There's a lot of things that you, you, you do have to worry about that. Again, I don't want to go back, but when I grew up going to LSU games, I went to, you didn't see the LSU game if you didn't go there. Right, sure. You'd see them play maybe a couple of times a year. You'd watch the Charlie Mack show on, on, uh, on Sunday morning and watch the detailed one-hour coaches show that was basically showed you most of the plays. That's it. That's what, that, that was the world I grew up in. Unless you shelled out the money for Tiger Vision for a couple of games. Well, this was before Tiger Vision. This okay. was when I grew up long well, before Tiger Vision. Okay. Bob Broadhead, Tiger Vision was Bob Broadhead. I was at LSU at the time when Bob came in and did that. The We're, getting Bob Broadhead. We're getting Yeah, I'm getting old school. So there was no, none of that. This was before the, with Jefferson, he didn't even have that. So, yeah, it, it, today you got a question. Even our most hardened fans, uh, the, the guy grind and everybody, they got their favorite team, Auburn or whatever. Have you. They might say, you know what, just what you said, that I'm going to watch the Auburn game on TV because I can also watch the, you know, this great game somewhere else sure. uh, at the same time or right after. And you, so you got to sell the experience. You got to sell, you got to go to the Grove. This is what's going on because you can't. You can't go to the Grove on TV. You, you gotta, you gotta sell that, and you gotta for the young kids. You gotta make sure that Wi-Fi is working, because God forbid if they can't use their phone for two hours, they would probably have epileptic seizures. So you've got to do that, and a lot of those things are important. The NFL's dealing with that, and and there's no doubt. I, I think though, one thing just kind of piggyback and maybe maybe to wrap up on 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 this is, you just hit on the key things about. Everyone says, let's break away with Power 5. That's great and would be great for Power 5. In other words, if you have, it would be great for the fans because you wouldn't have those mismatched games. And you could have a better sample size of who's really good because you have good versus good. If you're going to play 12 games, you can play 11 games, whatever you're going to do. If they're all against good teams, you have a better idea of who's the best at the end of the year because you don't know conferences are going to be whatever they're going to be with a couple of exceptions year in, year out, a little bit better, a little bit worse than normal. But when you do that and you go only Power 5 versus Power 5, what does that do to G5 and you just brought it up? If the G5 schools can't play a Power 5, then they can't get that money game. How do you do it? I've always proposed let there be week zero, an official week, meaning that is the quote-unquote, it counts, but it's a preseason game. Before everybody gets in the conference play, that's when you play the money game. So now you only got one money game. Um, is that enough? Is that enough to keep the D5 alive, to keep their athletic departments alive? So I'm not saying yay or nay. I'm just saying before, think about the repercussions. So if you're at a G5 school, the football program may survive at some level, but it probably means that you're not going to have a golf team or a tennis team. or I mean, it, you're going to have to cut sports because those sports are not going to be able You can't make money. If you can't make money in football, that's going to pay for all the other sports. You know, where are you going to get the paydays? And I don't think that the – I think that the G5 playoffs would be – 
whole lot better than what they got right now, and that is their bowl games that they're playing in that are not real. Now, if you put them in a playoff format, that would be great. Yes, I think we're all in agreement uh, in the chat room with both of us. That would be great, but would it bring about enough money? Yes, CBS Sports Network, NBC Sports Network, uh, ESPN Plus, streaming, uh, whatever. Yes, they would pay money, but would it be enough money got to figure that out for if you can where it can support it that would be better it 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 to me it ruins a team i used to tell my friend pat hill when he was at fresno state pat would play oregon then he'd play wisconsin then he'd play usc and i mean and he never and he pulled some upsets at fresno never won his league and i'd say pat look at why and he knew why Look at your team. By the end of the year, they were completely obliterated. Those games wore their rear end out. It, it debilitated their team to where they couldn't compete in their league. So if your whole thing is, let me try to get good enough to be like Boise or Fresno or USF to try to get into the Power Five, because that's what those schools are doing. The rest of them are trying to survive. Well, you got to try to help. I think, help those programs survive. Or you have to say the only people that can play football can afford to play football power five. So you got to be, you got to have one or the other. And, you know, I'm not saying what it should be. Everybody can decide for themselves what they like. But that's the the interesting dichotomy of it that I, I think we need to understand that there are so many unintended consequences in college. And And look, the reality is it's not like the NFL back in the 30s and 40s where they thought, you know what, New York, Chicago, we better share revenue. First of all, there wasn't a lot of money. We better share revenue because you know what, we're only as good as the opponents that we play. We might be the Giants, we might be the Bears, but that little team in Wisconsin, if we don't have an opponent, we're nothing. So they understand, and in college, it's not that way. I mean, the conferences don't care about the other. You know, it's like, it's well, then you become, as I said, like a, a lot of the folks in the SEC knew, couldn't give a flip about anything else. Well, that's fine. I'm not going to criticize it. It's no big deal. But then it becomes like you're a one conference or a two conference sport, and it's like college baseball when Skip Burton was there at, 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 uh, at LSU. I used to laugh at, yeah, they had the best program. There's only 15 programs that even <laughs> tried to compete. So you're, you're, it's like running a marathon, Neil. You got, you know, what, 500 people running or you got 15? Well, your chances are pretty good to finish higher. <laughs> you say, hey, I, I finished 12. Well, 12 out of 15 and 12 out of 500 is a lot different. So do you want the sport to grow nationally? Do you care about it nationally? Do you only care about it locally? Well, then you might have a different view. But I think that creates an interesting future because I do think we're going further and further that way. And I don't know that there's going to be a plan by the big programs to say, you know what, let's funnel money to the little ones so that they have a program. Because really, if they're not playing them, does Alabama and Auburn give a flip about UAB? And maybe as a fan out there, you may not care about them. But, you know, there's somebody that does, and maybe maybe it's your daughter that could go on a tennis scholarship at, at UAB or volleyball or whatever that doesn't have that chance. I don't know. It's just some food for thought. I don't I don't know the answer, and I don't think there is a answer. It's whatever you believe. Rich Coates, uh, Rich Coates 1 in the stream says, any thoughts on the expansion of the playoffs, or is it going to remain the same? It's, it's obviously getting talked about again, and this time there feels like there's momentum uh, towards – towards change. I think all of this is tied in with NIL. Um, my guess, Chris, and you feel free to tell me that you think I'm an idiot. You will not be the first person today to do that. Um, I, I think we're we're heading straight towards an, an 18 playoff. I, I, I don't know we are heading towards expansion. The details, Neil could be right. I, I don't know. Eight is where I think we're headed. Maybe even 12. I, yeah, but I don't know. There was a thought for a while to six. There's less talk about that, and I think it's more leaning towards eight. I don't know exactly when, and I don't know the exact numbers. 
But it's pretty clear that the narrative has changed by the people that are getting asked about it, that are the ones that have to vote on it and are involved in that process. And it is, didn't we say this? Didn't all of you in the chat room say this to your friends? Didn't we all say, the money is too big for it not to expand? Of course it's going to expand. But the details I can't I can't tell you. And, and look, I, people get, uh, get up in arms, Neil. This is one where I say, it's football. It's college football. And as you said at the beginning, I, old Landry loves him some football. More football is a good thing. I, I recognize if we go, if we, if we go, if we say we're going back to two, okay. If we're going to go up to six, we'll go up to eight. We're going to go up to 12. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to enjoy it. I, I do think, food for thought, and I don't have a strong opinion either way, it does have an effect on the regular season. Sure. Because the regular season is more playoff-ish in college football because there's so little room for error. Now, it may take some games that are huge in the regular season and make them less huge because both of those teams may be in the playoffs. The kick six game at Alabama was great because the fluky ending the miraculous ending, and what a miraculous year it was for Auburn. Two weeks ago, they had a miraculous ending that, that people forget about. The, the prayer in Jordan-Hare is just, you know, you got kick six, and it, it, it swallows it in terms of. But it was also big because it was kind of an elimination game. It yep. would take that game. All of, the, the, all of that would still be great, but you know what? They might play again in the playoffs again. They might match up. So that game is different. But let me tell you what it does do. And this is kind of the NFL part. You know, the Chiefs, you know, are one loss, two losses. They're going to be in the playoffs. They maybe are playing for seeding, but, you know, and it, maybe it's a game between, you know, uh, the Cardinals and, um, uh, you know, the Broncos. And, you know, and, and it's about playoff life. Those games are important later in the year. So what would happen is if you opened it up, you might have a game between Oregon State and Washington State. And I know fans in the South may not care about it. So let's just say maybe maybe anybody that's still alive in a division race. They both have three losses. But they both have a chance to win the Pac-12 North. That game becomes huge. It becomes much bigger than it ever was before. So you will still have important games in the regular season but they won't be the same games. And you can make the case that expanding the playoffs, it only makes who makes the playoffs an issue. I think we, you could say competitively, as I said before, stretching it, six teams are playoff worthy going into the year. Who the hell do you put in the seventh and eighth spots? Because, I mean, you're going to have 25 teams that are not good enough and two of them are going to get a spot. Right now, you're you're getting into that fourth spot to get your rear end kick. Because if you're not Alabama, you're not maybe Clemson, Ohio State, maybe a second team like Georgia, or maybe, maybe it's a Florida one year, maybe it's an LSU. You're not you're – it ain't like, oh, boy, we got an 18 playoff. I wonder who's going to win it now. Uh, the same people that are winning it now, all it, all you're probably going to see is blowout games, but maybe you get a good game. Look, when was the last, I mean, we've had not many games that are really good. I mean, the, the classic Georgia-Oklahoma Rose Bowl was really good. We, we haven't had many of those games since that were even watchable in the playoffs, and, and that's, that's fine. I still watch it. I still enjoy it because I still admire the play. It would be different and will be different when we expand, but we're going to expand because the money's going to be there. And it, but it, but it will have a little bit of an effect on how some games are perceived less important and some games more important in the regular season because of it. Keep an eye on a twelve-game playoff um, format, twelve-team, I should say, where the top four teams get a buy, and that's how they ju sort of justify it by saying, yep. "Hey, there's still a lot to play for." Yep. To finish in that top four because you get a buy. And then five plays 12, six plays 11, seven plays 10, eight plays nine. Right. Those winners advance to the quarterfinals. I think I, I think that's where it's headed. 
it makes the most sense. It, and it makes the most money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I make that's why it makes the most sense. It's kind of like it, that weekend in college football would be like the NFL wildcard weekend. And we all watch NFL wildcard weekend going, you know, probably none of these teams are going to win the Super Bowl. But hell, we're all dialed in. Everyone's betting on it. Everyone's watching. And sure. I, I think I think that's where we're headed. Baseball expanded, and that was, oh my God, to the purest. You cannot believe it. You know, it used to be the panic. Just eight. American League, National League, you, you play 162 games, and the best team in each you play for the World Series, and you had divisions, and now you got wild cards, and oh, can't have that. Yeah, it, we're in a playoff world, and college football is heading towards it because of the money is going to bring them there. And, you know, and, and I agree with what you said completely about we go into a season with three, four teams that are legitimate national championship contenders. But if you do a 12 team playoff, they at least get in. They get in, but there will eventually be an upset, and it will be. And, yeah, Nick Saban will retire, and, and the 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 universe will flip around on its axis and say, "Hey, welcome to this sport called college football, where you know you can do compete for a title because a, they're gone." It's a great point because I think we have a tendency, all of us, to sort of live in the now. College football has not always been dominated by two, three teams every single year. They're, 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 the idea that there will never be parity in college football is buying into a word that, you know, the word never is a big word. We don't really know how the transfer portal is ultimately going to impact uh, teams down the line. We, we don't really know how NIL is going to impact all teams. We, we, we don't know, you know. So who knows what it's going to look like. But I think – I do think we're headed to 12. I, I with, we're, we're absolutely headed to eight. And I think 12 ends up being a compromise that does a couple of things. It allows the committee to go, look, this way we don't have to revisit this right away. I don't know that too many people are going to argue, man, 12's not enough. We need to go to, no, 12's, 12's probably the outside of, of, it allows them to go, okay, we can use this formula for a while. And then it, uh, it also makes those, puts those buys in place where, there would be a real big difference between finishing third and finishing fifth, where if you finish third, that's a, a week off. That's a, a, a bye week. If you finish fifth, you got to play. You got to play the the 11 seed. And, and yeah, you, you might beat the 11 seed and you might beat them handily, but you might be a little beat up at the end of beating the 11 seed and, and not put you in very good shape when you have to turn around that next week and play the four seed in a quarterfinal. Yeah, and a couple of guys, Grind brings up a good point. He talks about um... – you know, a, a, a number nine LSU for their 13 a Yeah, it would make that game more meaningful. Yeah, it would, just like a, a, sure. a number of games. And now to the point, and maybe this answers Rich Coach's question. So this is the thing, and, and we're, we're talking to a lot of SEC fans. Um, if they do this, because I, I think the first thing the new Pac-12 commissioner said yesterday was, hi, I'm Larry from MGM, and we're in favor of expansion of the playoffs. <laughs> because So... To Rich, I think that's what's going to happen. Um, is you're going to be guaranteed a spot in the Power Five, so you got to be prepared for that year where, I don't know, a four-loss team from any one of the Power Fives. Oh, well, I never got. Yeah, yeah, it could happen. You know, that they get in because they're the champion, and so you're not getting the twelve best. So you're you're going to sit there and say, all right, so last year's A and M and Notre Dame gets in. You know, and, and you're not, and along with Ohio State, you're, you're not having that argument. But you're going to have an argument down the line. Well, wait a minute. My Auburn team, my Florida team, my this team is better than that Pac-12 champion. It ain't going to work that way because this is what they're going to do. Say so you win your conference, you're going to be in. So it's not going to be the 12 best. It's going to be college basketball-ish in which you win your conference, you're going to get in. Um, I don't know. You know, I'll, I'll throw it out there. What? what Cameron, what do you think? You're okay with that? Because, you know, you you can't sit, you know, it, it's going to be, if you're going to lock in a spot, you can't then come around and say, oh, man, you know, my Florida team, my Auburn team, uh, we may have been the fourth best team in the SEC, but we're better than the Pac-12 champion. Well, I, I don't, maybe you are, maybe you're not. You're not, you, you may not get in, or, or you may, depending upon if you're one of the 12, but you might be on the outside looking in. You got to be prepared for that because that's going to come up. Oh, sure. Absolutely. A um, couple things quick. Uh, Tony wants to know your thoughts on how Shane Beamer is doing in the early going at South Carolina. Uh, 
spring practice, don't know. I mean, everything's optimistic. Uh, I got a, um, a little piece in there. I would encourage you to check it out. Um, look at some of the best players coming back, returning in the SEC. And, and uh, I think they've got, in Kevin Harris, one of the best backs in the country and maybe as good a running back coming back in the league. I think he's really good. But unfortunately, they don't have enough of those guys. They don't have enough talent. And I think right now they're starting, you know, right near the bottom. I mean, certainly if you look at the traditional East teams, I think Missouri's a little bit ahead of them. Uh, Vanderbilt's not. But I would say other than Vanderbilt, there's there's no program that they're that they're better than right now. So I got I can only answer that. I want to see what type of an impact he can have this year. Remember, I wasn't sitting here telling you, look out, Sam Pittman's going to surprise some people and win two or three games that, that, that you know, you, you, you don't expect. I, didn't, I wasn't saying that last year. I was thinking, boy, I don't know that Sam and Arkansas can win a game in conference. That that's what was my concern last year at this time. So we'll see how well he can do. Do I think that he can get South Carolina to the next step? If you think the next step is let's let's win the East, no. As I've said before, South Carolina is not going to do that unless Florida, Georgia, all really crater in the same year. Then then it opens up a spot, and then right now it would be like a Kentucky or you know someone else that's a little bit higher up. Those even Kentucky, who we've talked about, is doing it right. If South Carolina can can do what. Mark is doing it. Let's say Shane Beamer can become the Mark Stoops of South Carolina and get it done in a big way. You're still finishing at best third in the East if the other, if Florida and Georgia are doing it right. Now, if they're not doing it right, then we can talk, but that's just kind of the way it is. Quick question. Grind had a great question in our podcast last night on the Oxford Exxon podcast. He said, I'm, I'm kind of rephrasing his question a little bit just to make it a little bit more dramatic. If the football gods dropped down into your office there, Chris, and they told you, Chris, we're telling you one of these two things is going to happen. It is going to happen. Okay. okay? Either, and you get to tell us which one it is, and if you're right, you get to live. If you don't, boom, boom, okay? Okay, no pressure, but go All ahead. Right, no, no pressure, I know. But, and, and one of these two things is going to happen, the gods tell you. Either Arkansas is going to beat Texas in Fayetteville in September or Florida State is going to beat Notre Dame in Tallahassee in September. One is going to happen. Neither is not an option. Which one would you tell me is happening? I'm going to tell you. Both have a better chance of happening than I think people think. Okay. I mean, I, I, that those are upsets. Those are not colossal upsets. I, I'm going to have a hard time answering it because I think both are possible. I think okay. there's a good chance Arkansas beats Texas. Um, that would be the answer. They have a bet. They have a better chance. But I got to tell you, um, Florida State's still going to struggle at the line of scrimmage with, with Notre Dame. But look, Florida State kicked North Carolina's a double. Sure. Yes. Sure. Last year. And that, that's no, that's not, uh, no, I think both can happen. But I would say Arkansas, um, first year, Sark, um, you know, it wouldn't go over well. I'm not predicting it to happen. But, yeah, I would say that would be the better chance. But I, I, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't rule. I, I'd like to take my chances, you know, and, and I'd flip it around. I'd like to take my chances. I would like to, if there was like a bet on that, and I could like say put like, $100 on one of those two things are going to happen, and I could get some odds, and if the odds were really good, I'd, I'd write a check for 100 bucks to somebody that would – I mean, I mean, like if I could win like a couple of grand, I don't know what the odds would be, I think there's a decent chance one of those things happen. Enough to, to where I would put – I wouldn't put 1,000 because, you know, I'm, I'm struggling, Neil, but I'd put 100. It's funny. I, my initial answer was Florida State, and then the, the more I thought about it, I flipped to what you're saying. I thought, no, it's probably Arkansas over Texas. We have a tendency to fall in love with the Texas uniform, with the Texas name, with the aura of Texas, but they haven't been very good in a while. 
And and so and it's a transition year. I think if, yeah. if it's two years from now, it may be a different conversation. Maybe Texas, you know, rises at the rate. I will say this: this is not the question. Um, don't pr- take that to mean that I, I think Arkansas. You look at that schedule. Um, that is. And, and, and you look at what the expectations are. So, so last year, oh, you know, so people think that, oh, look out, they're going to double that. I, 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 I don't think they're going to absolutely struggle. I mean, I think they're going to get better, but but people won't recognize it because the record won't be that good. They are not going to. Oh, like so, are they going to take that step? And you know, how close can they get? They not close at all. They're not going to be that good record-wise because the uh, schedule's tough. It's brutal. They 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 get Rice at home. That's a win. They get they get Texas at home. It's, it's yeah. We just talked about that. I mean, you know, it, it's got a chance, but I you know I wouldn't they, say back to bet it. I'd say Texas. They get Georgia Southern at home. That's probably a game they should win. And they go play Texas A&M in Arlington in the uh, the big rivalry game there at Jerry World. That's a, a, a almost certain loss. They go to Georgia. That's a loss. They go to Ole Miss. That's a loss. They turn around after playing Texas A&M, Georgia, and Ole Miss back-to-back-to-back, and they get Auburn at home. It's going to be very, very difficult. They get Arkansas Pine Bluff, a, a chance to kind of recover and catch their breath. That's a win. A game that they could win, and if they're going to do anything, they have to win. They get Mississippi State at home on November the 6th after an open date. So they get Pine Bluff and then a weekend off, a chance chance to catch their breath. Then they get Mississippi State at home. Very winnable, uh, in my opinion. They go to LSU. be very difficult, but who knows what LSU will look like at the end of November. I mean, it could be team chaos by then. They go to Alabama, that's an L, and they finish uh, at home in Fayetteville on November the 26th against Missouri in a game that has become very competitive over the years, and I guess it's possible. So, yeah. Looking back through it, that's – How do you, you get bowl eligible with that schedule and with that here's, roster? Here's you just, it just don't happen. It just – it just here's the it's only going to have to be fluky. Here's the only way. You've got to beat Texas. You beat Rice, Texas, yeah. Southern, that's three. And you you got to end up beating an Auburn. And then you, then you got you go, an upset on Ole Miss. Nope. You got to do something. Hold on, I, I get you there. Three, and then you lose. You lose to uh, Georgia, Ole Miss, and Auburn. And who was the other one? Uh, Texas A&M. So now you're three and four. You beat Pine Bluff. That's four and four. You got to beat Mississippi State, and then you got to hope either for chaos against LSU or you win at the end against Missouri. That's how you get to six. Yeah, it, it, it's it's doable. It, it, it's it's possible. Look, it's not about. Um, yeah, I mean, I like what Sam's doing. I, I just, uh, again, understand that defining good there is going to be different. And, okay, well, he won He won two games that maybe we didn't think he did, and, and, and he, he should have got screwed up the, the Auburn game or whatever. This that means that they're going to win eight this year. I mean, there, there are people that say, can, can we win eight this year? No. How in the hell you can – it's just there's no – I mean, it's unfair to have that expectation they will have an outstanding season at six and six. If they win seven, oh my goodness, then they're doing something that you just said has to happen. And it can happen. But again, understand that that has to happen because if you're looking at them from a roster standpoint, comparatively speaking to who they're playing, Mississippi State's got a little more talent. Auburn's got a little more talent. Ole Miss has got more talent. I mean, it's just the Rices, the Arkansas Pine Buffs, a couple of other. There's just... um, I mean, they don't even get a Vanderbilt. I mean, they're not. They don't. I think they got more more going for them than South Carolina. They don't play them. They just they just don't roster wise. It doesn't match it. Doesn't mean it can't happen. We see it all the time. But you know, the whole look. He got it going last year. Now you know how many years before we win the West. Um, dude, I, I don't mean to be rude, but it's just you know, it's it's not it's not the way it is. Listen, my, my wife's gone all in on this Arkansas thing. She's got a, a little the little Razorback on the back of her car now. So I mean, just be, it's just, like Lou Holtz said, and like he says, it's not you who say. He says it's not that they wear those Razorback hats; it's that they think it's okay to do so. You know, that's a really good Lou Holtz. Um, we're we're all, before we get uh, before we wrap up on a table. We brought to you by Blue Sky. They believe in being fast, fresh, and friendly. 
Through the thoughtful layout and cleanliness of their stores, they hope to provide customers with a fast and easy buying experience. They've been bringing some of the newest products in the market to the stores to uh, provide an even better customer experience. So check them out at any of their 48 store locations across the Southeast. That's Blue Sky. We're also brought to you by Alpha Specialties. They're located at 1670 Highway 80 in Pearl, Mississippi. They are your trailer-specific professional. If you want to haul it, they can call it. They've got load trail. They've also got Hallmark cargo trailers. They've got um, the ability to work with third parties to have game day trailers, concession trailers built. We talk about football at middle school football season right around the corner, that high school football season's around the corner. You need concession trailers built for that. Alpha can handle it. They've also got spare tires, wheels starting at just $100, full selection of trailer parts and accessories, hitches, winches, straps, and more. Yeah, check them out at alphaofms.com or 601-932-9798. All right, last uh, last couple of things, Chris, real quick. Uh, you had a question about Marcus Davenport. The question was, is this um, is it injuries or is it just kind of a, a lack of, uh, of, of, of drive or what? Uh, injuries are a factor. Marcus was a guy that was a late bloomer, uh, and I – compared the first-round draft pick out of Houston, Mr. Turner, to him in, in terms of that as well. They drafted him on upside, on athleticism, and, you know, quite frankly, I think anytime you have an injury, it's a factor. But when it, it's compounded when you got a player that's still trying to learn how to play, still how to learn how to be a pro. Marcus has got to grow up in, in, in how to work and how to learn and how to develop his pass rush move. He's got really good skills, and he flashes, but it's the lack of consistency. So, yes, that's a part of it, but remember, when a guy gets injured, there there's limitations what they can do to get better as a football player. You kind of go to ground zero, and you got to get back to that level where you get yourself playing. Now, you can learn and study the game and work certain aspects, like if you got a lower body injury, work your upper body, but you've got to be, we talk about everybody, you know, as this guy's a really good worker and all that, the, the, the elite ones are not. Marcus has got to grow and develop, and a lot of these guys earn their paycheck off their ability. They are just good enough, but he's got to want to be great, and that's part of the risk factor moving up to get him and or anybody like that that has ability, but it's the whole you want a guy that's a great worker but less ability. You want a guy with great ability that you, you hope you can develop and get him motivated. And in the end, you you hope you got the right stuff in there to get it out of him. You know, Bill Walsh used to tell us, um, if a guy can do it once, it's your job as a coach to get him to do it all the time or at least consistently. Um, that's the challenge that they've got to do. Marcus has a lot of ability, can be an elite pass rusher, but he doesn't grade out that way consistently. All right, last one of the day. Uh, our buddy Grind wants to know uh, what you make of Brian Harson going after T.J. Finley. What does that mean for Bo Nix? Oh, I, I think it's just you know you've got to improve your quarterback room. You you know Bo Nix is not going to be there forever. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? I, I don't think it's an, an affront to him. But you know what do I always say? What happens if well, first of all, what happens if Bo Nix struggles and you got to make a move? But more likely is. What happens if he goes down with an injury? Okay, where are you going? Now who's the backup, and then who's the start? You know, I, I think it's it's always about improving the room. I, I mean, it's look at look at the guys that that are even in that have good quarterbacks, and then you have another good one, and you're constantly trying to to make sure that the pipeline is there. I think that's all he's trying to do. He's trying to find these guys. Now, Brian, I think the whole key to his success. He's he knows that he's got to have some success early, and he's got to he's got to not change the culture, but I think he's got to change a lot of the philosophical approach of how they play football, particularly on offense. And I think he's got to put a lot of that in place. I don't think he's got like a toxic locker room like Mike Norvell uh, uh, inherited at Florida State. But like any coach, he's going to have to make some changes that are some foundational stuff. And I would be cautious with expectations with individual players and overall as a team. And then I think once you establish that, the whole key to his success, I think the guy's a really good coach. I think they'll be better coach fundamentally, but they're not going to be at an elite level 
if they don't recruit at a high level. So the criticism of Gus was, boy, he'd catch lightning in a bottle, but there was no consistency. It was the ultimate. If you're an Auburn fan, which I, I, I know Grind is, you, you lived on a roller coaster. I mean, you're competing for a national title, and you're just four. I mean, you're and then up and up and down. I think you're going to get more of a consistency with Brian. But consistency with three losses <laughs> ain't going to, you know, you know, it's not going to get you, which, I mean, that's the only thing that saved Gus for a while is the spikes up. Brian, I think, will stabilize things. I think he'll do a good job. Will he do the type of job that will compete at the top of the West? That will depend on one thing that affects everybody, how long Nick Saban will be there. And can he can he last as long as Nick Saban, or does he get to run out of town before? But the big thing for him, the only thing he can control is can he recruit at an elite level? Can Auburn recruit at the similar level as Alabama and Georgia, for example? Because those are the biggest, in, you know, certainly Florida. And if they can, they'll be elite. If they can't, they won't. It's kind of like Florida against Georgia. Georgia's going to be consistently better as long as Georgia recruits better. Florida can maybe get them in a given year. But until Florida gets their recruiting on an equal level, you know, that's the way it's going to be. It's not going to be able to overcome the coaching that much. So that's what I think. And I think TJ's just a guy that's intriguing that he wants to add possibly to the room and see where it goes with, without knowing exactly how it'll play out. Appreciate everybody being with us today. Chris, I know you got a lot on your site. Uh, what, tell the people how they can uh, access all that. Check out LandryFootball.com. We're kind of breaking down position by position. We've kind of kind of take a look at some of the early look at the we got the initial draft board up for last year for next year for 2022 and then kind of we've taken some guys to look out by conference and then we we're going to take the top players by position in college I mean as college players are not necessarily just all draft prospects so we're working on that uh previews getting through the spring practice tape and we're getting previews school by school we'll probably get a lot of the sec ones done first so we can talk about it here and then have it up on landry football but we're going to work our way through the entire country same with the nfl our notebooks every day recruiting information every day in our college notebooks transfer information in the nfl it's what's going on in virtual meetings want the latest on um why tim tebow approached urban meyer i did a did a podcast on that yesterday you can check that out as well uh, we've got a, a, a big commitment news tomorrow uh, with uh, Katron Evans, the big defensive tackle that committed to Tennessee, and now he's going to decide. I'm thinking Florida tomorrow, but Arizona State's in it. Believe it or not, Jackson State's in the final three. I'd be shocked if he went there. So all of that type of information, all the NFL information, all year long, uh, it doesn't slow down for us. So check it out. Be prepared for the season and know all the details at LandryFootball.com. All right, for uh, Chris Landry, that's uh, I'm Neil McCready. Enjoy your weekend. We'll be back with you Tuesday with another edition of SEC Football and Beyond. Until then, take care. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.